Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Let's just usher in the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. Father, we lift up your name. We bless you. We reverence you in this place. Father, for you are great and greatly to be praised. There is no one else like you. Even as the service begins, God, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you into this tabernacle. We welcome you into this holy place, into this place of worship that is designed to glorify and magnify and lift up the name of Jesus, the name that is like no other name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. So we honor you. We reverence you. We magnify your name in this place. Now, Father, we ask that you have your way. Father, we ask that you would have your way in this place. Let our agendas be moved to the side. Let our agendas be pushed to the side. And let us truly hear a word from you that can change and transform our lives. The transformative word of God. The word that pierces like, like no other. The word that cuts through. The word that gets to where it needs to be. It pierces our hearts. It pierces our ears. It pierces our minds. It pierces our souls. God, let the word do what it is that you've called it to do and let it take root in our hearts so that we can do what you have called and commissioned for us to do. And it is in your name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight for Wednesday night Bible study. And we are going to get right into the word. So if you have uh, your Bibles, you can grab those and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And, and when you have it, you can actually take a seat. I'm just going to I'm going to talk for a brief moment. Uh, as you take your seats and, and set, set up our discussion tonight. We're still continuing on the anointing. Uh, we're still continuing on the, the anointing. But tonight I want to talk about being anointed without the crown. Being anointed without the crown. Just like Sunday we talked about uh, those of you that have been in church culture or been in church for a little while, you know that there is just this talk that we have about who's anointed and who's not anointed. Who sounds anointed? Who looks anointed? Who, who feels anointed? Do you feel goosebumps when someone sings? Do you, do, does this particular individual look like they're anointed? Do they sound like they're, you know, they put this voice on that, that just sounds like they're anointed? They say various phrases and they say God instead of God. They say the man of God. We honor him for being the man of God. And, and we bless the man of God in the holy and auspicious name of the Lord. And, and people say these things and it sounds like they're anointed. I never forget there was this one particular preacher uh, that came to our church many, many years ago. And he used these huge words. And I was just like, man, I... I know this guy. He got to have it. He, man, he, I know he going to be anointed. Just by the way that he talked. I didn't have a spiritual gauge. I didn't have discernment the way that I do now. So I just thought by the way that he spoke that he was anointed. If you grow up as a church kid, you may, you may think that the way someone dresses makes them anointed. What they have on, the garb. 
You may see people with, with clothes on and, and, and robes and, and, and helmets and, and crowns and all kinds of things and collars. And you may think that someone with that stuff on is anointed. But how many of you know that doesn't make someone anointed? That doesn't make someone anointed. Tomorrow's servant of God. The future servant leader is typified by David. He had the anointing before he had the crown. If you know anything about David, David was supposed to be anointed king. He was anointed before he ever had the title or the position. He was anointed before people even recognized his anointing. Let me slow down. I said I wasn't going to yell earlier, didn't I say that? So while yesterday's man saw had the crown, for those of you that don't know, Saul was, he was king. He was the current king. He was the presiding bishop of the church of Israel in Christ. And he was previously anointed by prophet Samuel. Man, they needed a king, and Samuel had prayed and been before the Lord, and, and then Saul was anointed king. And then Saul messed up because Saul started doing what he wanted to do. Saul started adding things into what God told him to do that God never told him to do. Saul started partially obeying God, and it caused him to get in trouble. Do you know partial obedience is disobedience? You know, partially telling the truth is still lying. If you go to court and you put your hand on that Bible, I, some of y'all are just brave. Y'all put your hand on that Bible and y'all just lie the whole time. You put your hand on the Bible and you say, I promise to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And they find evidence that you partially told the truth. Guess what? You're getting locked up. You're getting charged. And it makes no difference with God. You cannot partially obey him and expect the benefits of obedience. So Saul had two acts of disobedience. And he had an incomplete obedience that caused God to reject him. He remained king for a season. He actually remained king for, for a decent period of time even though God had taken his spirit from him. All the while, David is in the background being groomed to be the next king. David is in the background tending to his father's sheep. David is in the background continuing to serve in a place where nobody knew his name, Nobody could really recognize his gifts. His own brothers, his own family, they didn't even pay him no t attention. They didn't pay him no mind. But he was anointed. I want 
to encourage you, everyone in this room, everyone that is watching online on Facebook and YouTube, I want you to understand that you're anointed before anyone notices you. You're anointed, and just because your favorite gospel celebrity, just because your favorite preacher on TV, just because maybe someone in this church has not told you and laid hands on you and ordained you and given you a crown, that does not mean that you're not anointed. Are you willing to be anointed without the crown? See, David was a man after God's own heart. First Samuel 13 verse 14 says that and that opened the door for him to be used mightily by God Saul's failures greatly grieved the prophet Samuel can you imagine someone that had went to bat for you helps get you into this position and then you fail can you imagine one of your best friends gets you a job, gets you a gig at the spot that they're working at, and you find yourself in a world of trouble. And now, your supervisor, their boss, is looking at them like, Man, you said that they was gonna be all right. This is how Prophet Samuel felt. Samuel felt like he was also a failure because he vouched for Saul. And this is when we get to the text. 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting at verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he's going to kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you. And say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Now, check this out. Being anointed, like we discussed on Sunday, being anointed, this was a type of ritual. Okay? When you were anointed, you were smeared with oil. I talked about my experience. You were smeared with oil, an oil that had taken a, a process to put together to create, to make. That's the process that we talked about. The gathering, the extracting, the crushing, the pressing, and the pouring. After you go through this process, you have the oil. And God told Moses to anoint what he told them to anoint. To pour the oil, to place the oil on specific things. And not any just ordinary person should be anointed. Now we have a situation where someone is being anointed king while there's still a king that's alive. David was secretly anointed king while Saul was still king. You can't do that. 
That's like the, the United States electing a president while there's a president in office. Just doesn't work like that. Now, I, I know we say that President Joe Biden is our president, but no, this is who we actually believe to be the president. It just doesn't work like that. So this is a very dangerous thing that, that just happened. But God told him to do it. Went, invited Jesse to the sacrifices. I'll show you what to do. Now, Samuel is a prophet, so he's used to hearing God. He's used to listening to instructions from God. That's why you can't just run out here and call yourself a prophet. Because prophets have very difficult jobs when it comes to doing what the Lord has called them to do. Prophets don't just read your phone number and tell you what street you live on. That's what, that's what some prophets do today. The prophets in the Bible days, they were warning. They were sounding the alarm. They had very difficult jobs. When you came in front of a prophet, you weren't necessarily happy. Tell me what I did yesterday. I'm about to tell you, you need to get your house in order because the day of the Lord is coming. Okay. So prophet Samuel is going and doing what the Lord says. Then we skip down to verse 13. Reading from the ESV, the Bible says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Now, you can go read the story yourself in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Obviously, we know that he has seven brothers. You know, Prophet Samuel sees one of the brothers. He's like, you got to be the one. And God was like, no. <laughs> no. Then another brother came, and he, he was tall and handsome. And he said, it's got to be this one. No. Then another brother came. Man, he was swole. Brother had five jobs. He was, man, compassionate, smart. Samuel said, this, this got to be him. God said, no. Then he says, man looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance of, of preachers and singers and people. Oh, they look like they are anointed. Their hair is always, the wig is always laid. I can never see the lace. Baby hairs is always pressed down. Man, that brother's beard is glistening and it's sharp every time. He gotta be anointed. Man, I saw this Facebook pastor. He had the collar on. He had the clergy garb. He had it all on. He's got to be anointed. God says, man looks at the outward. But just like we said in 1 Samuel chapter 13, 14, God chose David. Why? Because of his what? His heart. He was a man after God's own what? Heart. I want you right now to take a moment and just search your heart. What, what, what is it that your heart desires most? Scripture says, one thing that I desire of the Lord. It's this one thing that I desire of the Lord. What, what is the one thing that you're desiring? Is it the will of God or is it the will of, insert your name? Many are the plans in a man's heart. Bible says, guard your heart. Something about our heart. 
David was anointed in secret. Only 10 people knew, and he was one of them. He's anointed in secret, and this is dangerous. Somebody say, this is dangerous. This is dangerous because you can't, you can't play with the anointing. He's anointed in secret. He's anointed to be king, but they can't tell anyone. Many of us, when we get anointed publicly, when we get, when we get exalted publicly, we want to tell everybody. We get flyers made. We, I mean, we just blow this thing up. When you're elevated, you want to express your elevation. Most people don't graduate college and nobody knows about it. Most people don't graduate college and there's no pictures taken. There's no graduation part. That's why we have graduation parties because they want to celebrate the accomplishment, the elevation, the time, the energy, the effort, the process that they went through in order to get, attain what it is that they worked so hard for. But David couldn't tell anyone. The people that were there could not tell anyone. David was anointed king and didn't walk into the position of a king until 15 plus years later. Are, are, are you going to stay at the feet of Jesus? Are you going to continue to posture your heart to where God can continually use you as you walk in your anointing, but, but most people don't know? Will you continue to let your gifts, your talents, and your abilities be developed while God is pruning you from the things of the world, is pruning you from your evil desires, is pruning you from the things that you may desire that are not of him? Are you willing to continue being a vessel for God, being anointed by God without the crown? This goes to show you that just because you're anointed doesn't mean you need a stage. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean you need a position. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean you need a microphone or a throne. You can be anointed right where you're at. If your heart is right. Your heart got to be right, though. Because, man, listen, I know people that are gifted beyond all get out. I mean, just, just super gifted. But God can't use them because their heart isn't right. God can't use them because they have positioned the, the things and the wants of the world and they, they'd rather have culture rather than Christ. But I believe that, that God is raising up a people that are willing to lay aside every want, every desire, and just seek after the Lord so he can use us to bring glory to his name, to unify the body so we can be used in a mighty way. But only 
That only happens when we understand that it's, it's by God's power. It's by his grace that we are anointed to do what it is that he's gifted us to do. This was anointing that David, David didn't seek out this anointing. Oh, David wasn't thirsty for this position. David was not thirsty to be king. I don't even think it was on David's heart. David was just tending his father's sheep. And guess what happened? When the lion came and tried to attack the sheep, guess what David did? He protected that which was put in his authority to protect. When the bear came to attack the sheep, guess what David did? He protected what was put in his hands to protect. So now we have someone who is a, a, a skilled athlete. David was a skilled athlete. The Bible says that he was brave. David wasn't no punk. He was brave. The Bible says he was ruddy. He was a musician. So he had the mixture of brilliance and intellect and intelligence mixed with strength, agility, athleticism, which would be useful skills that God would use when he became king. But he wasn't king yet. You may have all the intangibles. But it just might not be your time yet. And these are valuable lessons that we have to learn. These are valuable lessons that we have to learn because many of us are overzealous. We think as soon as God calls us, man, I, I need to go find a church where they let me preach. But you have not served in any other ministry in the church you have not asked leadership what it is that you can do to put your hands at the plow. You haven't even just committed to just, you know what, they're not going to ask me. I'm just going to serve in the food pantry. I'm just going to come and say, hey, listen, is there anything I can do? I'm going to help set up some chairs. I'm going to help. Man, I'm going to just serve in the, in the, man, sound team, do y'all need any help? You may not be able to hear. <laughs> Making sure y'all still awake. But are you willing to put your hand to the plow? before you get the crown. David was anointed. David had the intangibles. David had the skills. David had these skills that God had placed in him many, many years ago, and he perfected them, and he continued to work on them. He was a skilled musician. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, watch this. When, when, when King Saul had been rejected, King Saul is rejected. Let's just go to the Bible. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let's just, let's just go to it. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. The Bible says, Now when the Spirit of the Lord departed Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. How crazy is that? You were once anointed by God to be king, but then you, you act crazy. You get disobedient. 
God rejects you, takes his spirit from you, and then gives you a tormented spirit. Verse 15, and Saul's servants said to him, behold, now a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the harp. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. Verse 17, so Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18, one of the young men answered, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse. Now, a few scriptures ago, this son of Jesse was anointed to be the next king. Now, David, who was anointed to be the next king in, in the earlier verses, is now about to walk into what is going to be his eventually. Some of y'all can't handle that. Because you will say it. Hey, you know I got next, right? I heard your people called upon me. You must know I'm next. They must have told you I'm annoying it. David doesn't say any of that. David remains humble because his anointing is not attached to his position. David was already an anointed musician. So when it's time for him to use his gift to bring healing to someone else, he's not acting crazy. He's not being stuck up about it. He's, he goes in and says this. Therefore, Saul sent messages to Jesse and said, send me, David, your son, who is with the sheep. He was with the sheep then. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent, him, sent them by David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And the Bible says, and Saul loved him greatly. Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. So now you're in close proximity to someone you're going to replace. You're in close proximity to someone you're going to replace, but you remain humble. Never once does he say, I got next. Hey, man, when are you going to let me preach? Hey, Doc, you know I'm anointed. You know I be getting them spirits off you, Doc. Hey, man, go ahead. Let me preach, man. Let me get let me let me get a couple Sundays out the month. OK, Sunday's too much. Hey, just let me get every Wednesday. He never does any of that. Saul loved him greatly because. He was anointed and Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took out the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed him. David was anointed without the crown. David was anointed without the crown. 
David knew what was to be, but he did not act out of his now. You have to allow God to do what he needs to do in you now so you don't mess it up later. God, whatever it is that you need me to learn now, let me learn it because I don't want to get the crown and fumble. I don't want to get to the lofty place where people then do know my name, where people are recognizing who I am, where people are saying, man, yeah, you was a little shepherd boy. I don't want to get to the high place and fall. So let me let me take my lumps now while nobody knows my name. While I'm not famous, while I'm not world renowned, while my my name isn't plastered all over uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Let me stay in the secret place. Let me stay in the quiet place. But we all want to be big. Soon as we're called anointed, soon as we get the title, soon as we soon as somebody tells us we gifted, we just expect to go out and plaster our gift on everybody and everybody's going to love it. When your gift hasn't been cultivated, when your gift hasn't been processed, when your gift hasn't been developed, it's no good. It reminds me of film photography or, or the, uh, um, what are they called, those, those cameras you get uh, from, from like Walgreens, the little flash ones, and then you print out the film later. Polaroid pictures, come on, come on, help me out, Saints. there we go. The Polaroid cameras. The moment you take the picture is not the moment that you see it. We're so used to being an iPhone society, you take the picture, do I look good? Hold on, girl, let me, okay. Yeah, look, it doesn't work like that in the spirit. You take the picture, and then it goes into a dark place. It goes into a dark place to be developed. Nobody's entering into the room because we don't want any light to get in prematurely because we don't want this image to be messed up. So God sometimes has to keep you in the dark place, even though you're gifted, you're anointed, you're powerful, you have the voice, you got the prayer life. But God sometimes has to keep you in the dark place. Because he doesn't want you to be anointed with the crown and your character is jacked up. He doesn't want you to be anointed with the crown and you sleeping around. He doesn't want you to be anointed with the crown and you're making his name look bad. Sometimes you, oftentimes, many times, you will be put in a dark place. You may be frustrated. God, nobody sees me. God says, I'm hiding you. He that dwelleth in the secret place you got to go into a season where you say, God, I'm going to dwell in the secret place. I'm going to stay in the secret place. If I have to stay in my prayer closet, if I have to fast for 40 days and people look at me crazy because my face is sunken in and I'm pushing my plate back. God, if I have to stay in the secret place in order for me to be developed the way that you want me to be developed, I will do it. Because I can be anointed without the crown. I can be anointed and not have the position. I can be anointed right where I'm at. You don't get the anointing as soon as you get the position. 
You don't get the anointing as soon as you get the seat because by then it's too late. You're always anointed before it's your time. At the appointed time, the, the right time, the proper time, then you'll be revealed. Anybody tried to eat an avocado after the appointed time? It's just no good. Anybody tried to eat a watermelon before the proper time? It's no good. It's no good. You tried to fry some chicken and you didn't fry it all the way. It's no good. David was anointed without the crown. There's two levels that David is about to walk into, and that's one, if you're taking notes, it's preparation, and the second is refinement. Preparation and refinement. Preparation and refinement. There are various kinds of preparation. There is academic preparation, which many in the Christian religious faith believe is the most important preparation. They say, you know, in many camps, in many um, denominations, you cannot even get before the people and preach the gospel if you do not have a degree, an academic degree saying that you are licensed to minister the gospel via academia. But God has chosen many men and women of God for works and services who may not have been academically qualified or prepared, but guess what they were? Anointed. Anointed. Some of the greatest revivalists of our day. Some were even denied from going to various colleges and universities and prestigious theological seminaries. But they're anointed. Because the most important preparation in any case is spiritual. Spiritual preparation. It's what refines and develops the spirit. It's what prepares the way for the usefulness in God's hands. It's, it's what keeps us from falling. Spiritual preparations. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's when we find out what people are like. When people go through those rough seasons in your life, that's when God truly exposes your character. When things aren't going right, are you still a worshiper? Or do you just worship when things are going well? Do you understand the power of your worship when things are going bad? Or do you only worship when you get the new job, when you get the new house, when you get the new car, are you, are you only satisfied with God when you can get what you want from him? Or do you understand that I'll praise him in any circumstance? I'll praise him in the peaks and I'll praise him in the valleys of life because I understand that if, even if he doesn't do anything else for me, he's already done enough. So God raised David up 
to be Israel's greatest king. But David had to be refined. Song says, I want to be tried by fire, purified. Purified. When you go through a refinement process, you have to be purified of your impurities. There is a refinement process. And sometimes it's tedious. My wife was showing me this TikTok video of how they make caviar. That may be gross to some of you, but it was interesting to me. The steps and the process in which they went to and the lengths they went to to ensure that the caviar that some of y'all eat is in the best condition it can possibly be in. And they use tweezers to to pick out every single infirmity that they can't get as they are pushing it through the machine. They're picking out little impurities. This isn't good for you. This isn't good for you. And that's what God is doing for many of us as we're being developed, as we're being refined. He's, I got to take this out and and this this is going to cause some hurt for somebody. I got to pull this away because... I got to make sure that that when you go out into the light, when you are going out into the public, that you're easily digestible. God raised up David to be a great king, but he had to be refined to make him a true man of God. He had to be refined to be a true man of God. It was over 15 years. Somebody say 15 years. 15 years. But there are some things that David had to do first. David knew his ability and his limitations. David had an awareness about himself. He had a, he had a boldness, like Bishop preached last week. He had a boldness about himself because when you're anointed, you, you know what to say and what not to say. When you're truly anointed by God, when no one else speaks up, you do. Because what you say brings life. What you say brings a solution. So, so let's go to what the word says here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. As, as this Philistine by the name of Goliath pops up on the scene with the gangster lean. And, and, and uh, they're, they're trying to figure out, man, who is going to kill this guy? David is a young man. Young man, probably a teenager at this particular time. And no, not one of the warriors stand up to say, man, I'll kill kill this Philistine. I know he's tall. I'll kill him. Then David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David is a young teenage boy speaking with this much authority. We'll skip down. And Saul says to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are too young. You're just a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. He he grew up like this. Listen, Goliath is from the trenches, brother. You, you was tending sheep. G- Goliath, man, g- I mean, I, he was like a 20-pound baby, okay? 
You're used to tending sheep. And David, watch what, watch what David says here. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. David is talking his stuff now. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said this. The Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And I imagine, you know, with my creative mind, Bible finishes off with this. It says, and Saul said to David, listen, hey, bro, go ahead. Let the Lord be with you, man. You didn't, you didn't convince me. Okay, go ahead. You got it. I ain't fighting him. I'm the king. I'm going I'm to stay right up here. David had a boldness to say, listen, I, I know what God has already done for me because I've been, I've been through the fire. I've been through the process. I've been prepared for a time like this. I've been refined. So I know what God can do because he protected me from the lion. And then when the bear came, he protected me again. He, I, I killed both the lion and the bear, and I'm going to do the same thing to this Philistine. Just, just watch me work. So then the Bible says, Saul clothed David with his armor. Just because you're going to take that position doesn't mean you have to wear the same clothes. David had this ability to understand that I know this may work for you, this, but this is not going to work for me. The, the, these garments, this, this body armor is not going to work for me. Saul tried to make sure that he did everything he could. Man, listen, man, you, you're my boy, David. I want to make sure you're good. He tried to walk with it. He fastened his sword and he tried to walk and he hadn't tested them. David said to Saul, I can't walk with these. I haven't tested them. So David took them off and he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones, put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. You're looking at a warrior who is just huge. And he's looking down and he sees this teenage boy. I'm trying to fight and y'all put this boy in front of me? He was disdained. He was disgusted. This, this don't even make sense. Why would y'all even bring this little man? Where your daddy at? He was disdained. Bible says he was only a youth. He was ruddy and good looking. He thought because he looked good, he couldn't fight. He looked 
at David's outward appearance and thought, he can't do nothing with me. But little did he know. So the Philistine said to David, I am a dog that you come to me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. This is a young boy talking. I mean, he talking big stuff to, to Goliath. I'm going to give your carcass and all your family's carcass to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. You know uh, Goliath has to be fuming now. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. When you are standing for God in front of people, in front of places, in front of things that may seem bigger than you, when you stand with the boldness of God because you understand that you're anointed, there is nothing that is in front of you that can stop you from doing what God has called you to do. You have to understand the power of your anointing before you step into the position. You have to understand the power of your anointing before you step into the position so God can get glory from your life. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and with the spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. I'm not fighting you with the same materials and the same weapons that you fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. I fight different. So it was when the fifth thing that rose came, drew near David. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag. Somebody say, David got in his bag. You, if you're over 35, you probably don't get that. David got in his bag. And he took out a stone. And he slung it. And struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And the Philistine was killed. David was anointed before he ever had the crown. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of a message. I want you to understand that just because you don't have the crown yet does not mean that God cannot use you while he's preparing you. Let me say that again. Just because you don't have the crown, it does not mean that God cannot use you while he's preparing you. It's developing season for some of us. You might seem and feel like you're in that dark place, but that's just God developing you. You're in your incubation process. You are, you are working your way 
into what God has called you to. He's refining your gifts, your talents, your abilities. It's not that you're not skilled. It's not that you're not gifted. It's not that you're not talented. But God is refining you. You just need more time. Are you willing to be anointed without the crown? Stand to your feet. Can God mold you in the process so at the appointed time, you can walk into the fullness of who he's ordained for you to be. Everyone, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. We thank you for your people who you have called, who you have predestined, who you have ordained, who you have anointed for such a time as this. Like the quote says, you were born in the time in which you are needed the most. So God, let us arise to righteousness. Let us awaken to who it is that you've called us to be. Let us walk in our identity as Christians, Christ-like believers in fellowship with one another, doing the work of the Lord, bringing glory to your name so that men may see our good works and begin to glorify our Father in heaven. God, refine our character. Refine our hearts, refine our minds, refine our souls, refine our bodies so that we can have the stamina and the physical ability to execute your will and your way. God, anoint us afresh. Pour your oil on us, God. Because you can trust us with your anointing to carry what it is that you've burdened us to carry with. You said your yoke is easy and your burden is light because God, you carry it with us and let us walk in a boldness. Let us walk in authority. Let us walk in a fierceness that the enemy knows that he can't mess with us. He can't mess with our families. He can't mess with our churches. He can't mess with our children. God, do a new thing in us. A time of refreshing, a time of developing, a time of preparation, a time of refinement. Do a new thing. Father, we pray for anyone that may be watching online who is not saved. I pray that they will come to the knowledge of you. They will recognize you are the only true and living God. We ask that you cover these, your people. Protect them. Give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, for the word, for worship, for intercession, for prayer, for praise. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.